0: Storytelling is woven into our DNA as humans. Since the beginning of our time, we've been transmitting our history, information, knowledge, personal anecdotes from person to person. And while the proverbial campfire has changed, we're still effectively doing the same thing. Now, podcasts like platforms give us the opportunity to connect to hundreds, if not thousands of people at once. And if we do it well, it still feels like like we're storytelling from one person to another now let me tell you hosting a podcast is not a little bit of work and it's not for everyone but you still have the opportunity to use podcast guesting as a way to connect to the people who actually want to hear what you have to say so as a service leader there's a mission that you're passionate about and There's a group of individuals who you want to serve and stakeholders who you want to invest in and support the work that you're doing. Podcast guesting gives you the opportunity to connect with those individuals at scale. Welcome to Passion and Profits Without Burnout. I'm your host, Jacob Moore. I'm a speaker, coach, childhood suicide loss survivor, and filmmaker, who left Hollywood to follow my heart of service. I've helped tens of thousands of people find the balance in their life between passion and profits. On the show, I'm going to teach you how to build a trauma responsive, resilient and impactful community and organization, all without burning out. Let's get started. So this episode is really exciting for me because podcast guesting is how i got started as a podcaster how i got interested in podcasting and my next guest jan Ulunga, actually helped me start this podcast so he knows a lot about podcast guesting so much in fact that we got into a deep conversation on it and we talked for so long that we actually decided to split this episode up into two parts so in the second part of this episode we're going to go on to dive deep into effectively pitching the shows that you want to be on then uh, how to actually prepare for your guest interview when it comes time to be a guest how do you do so in a really successful way and finally jan is going to share his three yes principle to convert listeners to subscribers and customers and stakeholders who wanna support the work that you're doing. It's a really information packed episode with a lot of good stuff. And I know you're gonna find value here. So please welcome my guest, Jan Yelonga. I I just wanna make one note about the matchmaking sites. Um, I would, I've checked some of them out and most of them are pay to play. And and that's fine if you are at an area, or at a at a level where you know that makes sense for you. Um, but I I would caution people against getting into that too quickly. Um, I would I would start with the strategies that Jan has mentioned first. Build up you know your um, your playlist of of guest episodes, so to speak. Before you get into you know paying to play for guesting, um, because you, there are a lot of there's a lot of competition out there, and you have to stand out. Um, so when you're ready, and if it makes financial sense for you as far as an investment in whatever you want to promote, absolutely, it can be a great avenue to check out. Um, just a thought there. Okay, so um, Jan, once we have found some podcasts that we want to be on then
1: how do we get on them? Well, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? I mean, if we don't get this right, everything else we've looked up up until now is not gonna work. So it's important to make sure that we get this next step nailed down. And in my answer, Jake, I'm also gonna share a little bit of Some psychology of communication. My background, it's actually in communications. That's what I studied at university level, both at bachelor and master's level, or if you're joining Jake and I from North America, then for you, that will be at undergraduate and graduate level. But what we're about to look at is gonna help you get yes to most of the pitches you're gonna be sending out because I get pitched all the time, and unfortunately, most of those pitches are very bad, and the sad part is that oftentimes those pitches aren't done by the guest himself or herself, but rather by somebody that represents them. Can be an assistant or even somebody like a publicist, a PR person who gets paid to get them on shows. So what do we do when it comes to pitching? First and foremost, my suggestion is to do the pitch by email if you have an opportunity to meet the person In person, that's even better. You can break the ice that way. But otherwise, I typically use email. I have gotten some interviews by sharing Twitter DMs, LinkedIn DMs, but most of the pitches I sent out have been email pitches. So how do I actually go about pitching? I use a very specific approach that you're welcome to replicate. Just make sure that you tweak it so that it makes sense to your context. It uses your style, your way of communicating. But the the ideas behind them, but the ideas behind each part of the pitch are gonna be very clear to you in a moment. So what I do typically is before I send out a pitch, I actually apply what is called content curation. So let's say I wanted to pitch myself to be a guest on this show, Passion and Profits Without Burnout, and I want to focus on you, Jake. What I would do is at least a couple of weeks before I send out my pitch, I would connect with you, can be on LinkedIn, can be on Twitter. I've often done this on Twitter, but it could be on many platforms, Instagram as well, Facebook, depending. And what I do is I curate content. What does that mean? I may listen or watch your show. I may read an article you've published. If I've signed up to your email newsletter, then it could be something you shared that way. But the idea is to, let's say it's a podcast episode. I like it, I share, let's stick with Twitter as a platform. I send out a tweet giving you props, saying, hey, I've just listened to this episode of Passion and Profits Without Burnout, and I would tag you, and mention what I liked. So share something, one key lesson, nugget, whatever. So don't just say, hey, it was a great episode. Say why it was a great episode, or what did you learn from that episode. Remember, you wanna make sure that you tag the host, and in a moment you'll understand why. And then after a few days, I'm gonna do something similar with a different piece of content you've published. Earlier I said I do that probably a couple of weeks before sending out my pitch, because I don't want to sound like a spammer. I don't want to do that every single day. All right, so after I've done that, I send out my pitch, and this is how I start. Many pitches start by saying, hey, my name is Yanni Lunga, I'm a lead generation and podcasting consultant, and I would like to be a guest on your podcast. What that does, if I were to get that pitch, is alright, I'm getting a pitch from a stranger. So, it's a person I know nothing about. On the other hand, in my pitches, the way I start is, let's say it's to you, Jake, I would write, hey Jake, it's Yanilunga, you probably remember me from Twitter, and I put in brackets, at the Yanilunga, where I've been sharing some of your content. Now, what that does is, it positions me as somebody who isn't really a stranger, but as somebody who you're supposed to know to some degree because I've helped you, because I've helped you by sharing your content. So what happens typically it's either you have seen me, my tags, me sharing your content, and you're like, oh yeah, I remember Jan. Or you may be like, okay, I have no idea who this person is. And then you go to Twitter, and because I've tagged you, you can see my tweets and be like, oh, all right, he has been helping me days before, a couple of weeks ago without him asking me for anything, that's great. So he immediately positions me as somebody you, Jake, are supposed to know and that who's helped you to some degree. Then the next sentence, I pay a compliment to the show. So I may say, hey, I've really enjoyed the episodes I've listened to of Passion and Profits Without Burnout, well done, something along those lines. And then I say, I, I was wondering, are you looking for guests for your show? So you see, I'm not putting myself in the spotlight, even though the pitch is about me. I'm putting the show in the spotlight. I'm putting the host in the spotlight, or I'm focusing on them. And then I say, I would be interested in being a guest. Here are some topics that I thought would be relevant for your audience. So there, I bring the audience into the conversation and I already tell the host, if you were to say yes, these are some areas we could potentially explore in our conversation. So the host so the host doesn't have to spend a lot of time going on my website or whatever social media platform to learn more about what I do and so forth, but with that email, they can say, okay, if I were to interview Jan, we would talk about whatever, lead generation, podcast guesting, at, at a high level, this is what my audience would walk away with. Most pitches at this point would say something like, hey, I'm excited to hearing from you, have a nice day. I take it one step further. So the psychology of communication I mentioned a moment ago, not only we used it at the beginning of the pitch, but I also use it at this next stage because I don't stop my email there. I take it one step further, and I act as if you, Jake, as the host, has already said yes. I share two things. The first one is my podcast guest web page. Remember that? I bring it into the conversation and say, hey, here's my podcast guest web page so that you can check whether I'm a good fit for your show or not. With everything I've said before, that part, it should be already quite clear for the host, but that page supports me, validates me, and builds my authority. So that's why I link to that. And then the last thing I add, again, add acting, Again, acting as if the host has already agreed to do the interview is, hey, if it sounds good, here's the link to my scheduling tool so that you can pick a date and time for the interview. And then I say something like, have a nice day, Jan. Now, what this structure, now to do a quick recap. Now, with this approach, my pitches tell the host everything they need to know and only relevant information because one of the mistakes I've seen is, first of all, I get very long pitches what i've told you about here are just a few sentences i get some emails that are more sort of ebooks really and most part and most of them include a lot of information that it's irrelevant because it's all about the guest they are guest centric and they tell me hey i'm such and such I've, I've won an award and this and that and no offense no disrespect to anybody but if you've won an award or not isn't really in my case something that is gonna make me say yes or no. I care about other things, your expertise and so forth. So even, for example, once somebody was pitching on behalf of somebody else and they told me, ah, this guest enjoys walks on the beach with their family and their dog. I love dogs, but in the case of the shows I host, that isn't something that actually isn't gonna change anything. If you have a dog or not, perhaps you have a cat or you don't even like pets, isn't something that is really gonna make me say yes or no to your pitch. So you wanna make sure that you keep your pitches straight to what is important and you don't make them about you, you make them about the guest. You make them about the host and the audience. If you think about it, I didn't say I'm this, I'm that. No, I just given some suggestions in terms of topics we could cover. I've given the host a next step if they want to learn more about me, my podcast guest webpage, and I've also given them a next step if it looks good. Oftentimes what happens in those cases is I don't even get a reply from the host, I get a notification notification from my scheduling tool so I know that the interview has been booked. So my suggestion would be to follow this approach. And I wanna add one thing. This is something I've shared in another area of my business for lead generation and for nurturing, but, uh, but I'm gonna start to incorporate it into podcast guesting as well. And it's to add a short video to my emails. There are some tools I've used. One is called Send Spark, for example. Another one is called Hippo Video. What these tools, or one of the main things these tools enable you to do is to record a quick video and then send it. They are basically tools to stand out, because through those personalized video messages, a person can actually see you. They are the best next thing to face-to-face, to meeting face-to-face. So, by getting that kind of video in an email, somebody says, oh, okay, this person is legit, I can see them, I can see their style a little bit because I can hear them, see how they move, how they talk, I can see their style, and just start to form a first impression. So, the pitch I've shared, the approach, doesn't have to include video, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm gonna start to include video and I would suggest anybody who's here with you and I, Jake, think about video as well because it's an excellent way to really stand out and be memorable right from the start.
0: I really like that approach, Jan, and you know everything you're talking about I- employing these these psychological you know communication approaches are really intelligent and i i often when doing outreach make comparisons to dating and it's it's very similar you know when you are you know when when you walk up to a stranger in the bar and you don't know them from anybody um it it can be daunting intimidating you know and sometimes just scary um but Like Mindy Rosser was saying, you know, we don't want to be creepy when we're reaching out to potential connections. So establishing that common ground uh, just puts people at ease and helps them feel like, oh, okay, this person's familiar. And, you know, I I love the strategies that you've suggested here to do that, but going one step further and putting your face out there, putting your voice out there, um, you know, I, I'm making a connection now. When I'm doing outreach on Instagram, I do voice memos all the time, um, and I just I just record my voice. What I would type into a message instead, I just record, and I'm just like, "Hey, how's it going? You know, I'm interested in you know doing a live with you. Um, what do you think?" And it's you know whether it's your face or your voice it's that human connection, right? Establishing yourself as a human because I don't know about you. I get a thousand spam emails a day. There are so many, you know, people who, you know, contact me just for for SEO and for help with this or that. And, you know, writing writing a book, I'm on some sort of a list for um ghost writing a book. And like I get messages all the time for it. And they're just straight up pitches. About you know basically how they want me to spend my money, um, instead of how they can help me and how they fit into my world. So, uh, so I really like these approaches. So, Jan, um, we've really done uh fit a lot into this, um, as far as you know understanding how to really start to establish ourselves as an attractive podcast guest. And then uh, putting some tools together, beginning the research of finding podcasts that uh, align with our goals, and then finally starting to do that outreach. Um, As we wrap up here, can you share a little bit about the actual podcast episode and how do we make sure that that's successful and we're, you know, getting the message across that we really want to get across
1: absolutely happy to do that but first jake just want to take a second to say thank you again for having me here on passion and profits without burnout it's been a lot of fun and i think if you want to use podcast guesting as a service leader it's important that you really focus on everything from start to finish because if you want to get traction you want to get some results from podcast guesting it's important that you do everything we have discussed up until now but you also do what we're about to dive into. I think the first thing is actually to be prepared a little bit. So you wanna listen to an episode or two to get a feeling about the show, the style, and you also wanna be mindful in the case of some shows, if there is a specific question that is asked or even a set of questions that are asked to each guest, because some shows do that. They may ask, what's your favorite tool? So if you haven't thought about that, you're gonna be like, hmm, Good question. I haven't thought about this. And the host will go, like, oh, all right, he or she hasn't listened to my show because otherwise they would have heard that I ask that question to to I ask that question to every single guest. So you want to do that. In your preparation, you want to make sure that you also are familiar with the host's name. And I know it may sound silly, but I've done a few interviews as the host where I could tell that the guest didn't do any research and probably didn't even know what my name was, or how to pronounce it, because in one case, for example, the guest kept referring to me as, man, hey man, thank you for having me. That's not really a good first impression, if you ask me. So you wanna do some preparation, and in your preparation, in your research, you wanna try to find something that you are generally interested in about the host, and it could be about their show, about their business, or even about something that isn't related to work. It may be, for example, that you notice that you're both fans of the same sports, or the same team, or maybe you like the same music genre. For example, in our case, I know Jake, if I remember correctly, you have played or used to play bass guitar, is that right? Yeah, so same for me, so that's something that if you and I didn't know before the interview, I could probably talk about when we start, when we connect before the interview starts. When it comes to interviews, address each interview as if it's always recorded because sometimes I've had the experience with some shows where we hopped on whatever platform they use for recording and I wasn't really sure and I wasn't really sure is that part of the interview or not and usually it wasn't so we do we did so we did what is called the pre-interview chat some chit chat some logistics some housekeeping but in the case of one show what I thought was actually the pre-interview chat ended up featured in the episode. So now what I always do, or what I've done since then, is every time I log into the platform, I act and behave as if it's recorded and it's gonna be featured in the episode. And then if the host says, no, it's not gonna be, or we, we haven't started yet, then I'm okay and I know exactly when we start recording. So you wanna think about the host, prepare on that front. You wanna think about the audience who's tuning in in particular. You wanna think about who's tuning in and put your topic into their context, meaning you wanna use a terminology that makes sense to that audience. For example, in my case, if I talk about podcast hosting with an audience of service leaders, I may use a certain approach. If I were talking about the same topic, with an audience of university students, I sometimes do some some guest lecturing, then some of the terminology I use, some of the examples I may bring up may be slightly different. So you wanna think about that terminology, case studies, so that the way you present your topic from is gonna sound, so that the perspective, the point of view, you're gonna be sharing and discussing your topic of expertise from is gonna sound as relevant and familiar to them as possible. Then after that, you wanna keep in mind that it's an actual conversation. And you may say, well, of course it's a conversation. In an ideal scenario, the host and the guest, in my book, would have 50% of the talking time for the host, 50% for the guest. Typically, that doesn't happen. Typically, there is more guest than host, and that's okay. But you also wanna make sure that you bring the host and the listeners into the conversation, because once I did an interview as the host, which it was interesting to see in the audio editing tool, because you could visually see that my part as the host was, I don't know, 2%, 3%, and then it was just a monologue, because it wasn't the guest would say something, bring me into the conversation, I would ask a question, the guest would reply. It would just be me asking the question for a few seconds and then the guest answering for several minutes without any interaction whatsoever. So you want to keep that in mind. Sure, you're the guest, but try to bring the host into the but try to bring the host into the conversation. Ask what he or she thinks. If there is something you, the two of you have done together, just talk about that so that it's common ground that the conversation can be built on. And finally, you wanna offer a relevant next step to whoever is tuning in, whether they're listening or viewing. When it comes to that, you need to keep what the podcast listening experience looks like. Typically, most people do something else while listening to podcasts. They may be walking their dog, exercise at the gym, running, cooking, driving. So if the next step is difficult for them to remember, it's very complex, they're not gonna remember it and they aren't gonna do anything. An example of that is if you share the link to a web page, and it's a very long link, nobody's gonna stop the workout or stop the car to take note, they're probably gonna forget about it. So what you wanna do, first of all, it's offer a next step that is aligned topic-wise to the topic of the interview as much as possible. So for example, if you've done an interview and you've talked about blogging, then the next step if it's a downloadable resource, it should be about blogging. It shouldn't be about something that maybe you haven't even talked about, like traveling in Finland. Sure, it may be very interesting, but if the interview was about blogging, what's the connection with that? There is no connection. If there is a disconnect, people aren't really gonna go from the show to the resource, and in some cases, even from the resource to whatever product or service you may sell or gravitate toward your organization. So you wanna think about that, try to align everything you offer as the next step, as much as possible with the topic of the interview, create a link that it's easy for people to remember. In my case, for example, we're talking about podcast guesting. If you wanna get access to some guesting resources I have available, so a next step to this interview, you can do so if you go to yanilunga.com for slash guesting. So the spelling for that is Y-A-N-N-I-L unga.com, Yenilunga.com for a slash guesting. So as you can see here, as long as you know how to spell my first and last name, you just need to remember a link that is very short. There are also tools you can use. One is called Bitly, for example, B-I-T-L-Y, that you can use to create redirect links, links that when typed into a web browser, they redirect to a different page. So for example, if you already have a page and the page has a long link, you can use something like bit.ly to create a short link like bit.ly forward slash guesting, for example. Something like bit.ly forward slash guesting. When it comes to the next step, Typically, we think about, all right, let's give people one thing to do. But when it comes to podcasting, or being a podcast guest writer, things are slightly different. And this is something I learned from Tom Schwab, founder of Interview Valet. This is something I've learned from Tom Schwab, author of Podcast Guest Profits and the founder of Interview Valet. And he calls this the three yeses principle. So what is that and why does it matter? A mistake sometimes podcast guests make is they have everything lined up, everything makes sense, they offer a next step, but that's with a page created, thinking about what a landing page typically looks like, meaning it only needs to have one goal and nothing else. If it's signing up for a newsletter, people should do that. If it's making a call, if it's calling a number, they should do that. If it's book an appointment, they should do that. But with guesting it's a bit different because while with a traditional landing page we're sending typically cold traffic to it, people who may not know who we are and what we do, with guesting we are sending different type of traffic, primarily warm traffic, because people have listened to us for several minutes and now they are being redirected to that page by us after we have shared our expertise. So what is this three yeses principle? The idea is to have three things on the page and not just one. The first one is a small yes, and this is a resource that is free and doesn't require a lot of time to be consumed and used. Think about something like a checklist, for example, or an email template that one can just copy and paste. Then we have the medium-sized yes, and this is something that requires a little bit more time in terms of accessing and consuming. Think about using a checklist versus signing up for a 90-minute webinar. And it also has either no monetary investment required or a small monetary investment. It may be something like an e-book you're selling or a small course, for example. And lastly, we have the big size yes. And this is the one for people who have listened to you and they say, I love what he said, I love his style, I wanna hire him or her, I wanna work with them. And this is something that has the highest or requires the highest investment both in terms of time and especially from a financial standpoint. In my case, for example, that would be my consulting services. So my suggestion is try to think about what the next step for listeners or viewers would be and try to have three yeses on the page because if you only have one, let's say you only have the small size yes, what may happen is you have somebody who's warm, who's ready to buy, who's ready to work with you, but you're basically telling them, No, wait, just go and get my ebook first and then I'm gonna nurture you and blah, blah, blah. You don't want to do that. So the small size yes is perfect for people who need more of that, who need more of that No, like, and trust factor. The medium size size yes is for people who may be ready to buy from you, but they don't want to invest a lot just yet. Or they're like, hmm, I liked what he did. I want to kind of experience him more before purchasing and then the big size yes, we've already talked about. And like you said earlier, Jake, when we were talking about the podcast guest webpage, the page can be simple. It can be a simple page. And there are a couple of tools actually that I would recommend, especially if you then not have much expertise when it comes to developing pages. There is one that I've recently found out about and I really like, and it's called Solo. The spelling is S-O-L-O, so solo, dot, T-O. And another one is called HiPage, and that's spelled H-Y-P-A-G-E, so hypage.com or solo.to are worth looking into to create a simple page. And the same applies not only for the page we're talking about now, but even other pages, including your podcast guest webpage. But these, I would say, are the steps one should think about and follow in order to really make podcast guesting work for them.
0: Those are great resources, Jan. Um, and I, I'm realizing that, you know, you're of course, you know, you have a plethora of of knowledge and information here. And the time has flown by without me even realizing it. Here, um, I think um, we're going to have to have you back to talk more about guesting and and your other, um, you know, marketing expertise. Um, I know that that you have a a lot of knowledge. So, uh, thank you so much for sharing. Everything that you have today. Uh, we're going to link all of these resources in the show notes. Um, for someone who, you know, maybe has heard everything that you've said and, and is thinking, wow, that's a lot. That's, that's a lot to get going. I'm, I'm maybe feeling overwhelmed. Um, can you distill this down to one action item, one thing that they can do right now today to take their first step towards becoming a podcast guest? What's that look like?
1: I think if I were to boil it down to one piece of advice or one thing to focus on, it would be to start addressing the question, what do I want to achieve through podcast guesting? Because as I said earlier, because as we said earlier, having clarity on that is going to be the sort of compass that is going to help you throughout your entire podcast guesting journey. So for me, that's where one should start from.
0: Jan, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time and your expertise. I know that it is late there in Europe. So uh, thanks for staying up and hanging out with me.
1: Great. Again, Jake, thank you so much for welcoming me here on Passion and Profits Without Burnout. And I wish you best of luck with all the episodes to come.
0: My biggest takeaway from this conversation with Jan is that anyone can learn to be a great podcast guest. Podcasting is so prolific that there is literally a podcast about everything, and there's a podcast for everyone, and they all need great guests like you. I would highly encourage you to review this episode Use the show notes. They are time stamped for your convenience. So you can go back and listen to those parts that have action items, the takeaways that you need to start down your path of becoming a great podcast guest. I wish I had a resource like this when I first started podcast guesting back in the day. Jan is such a valuable mentor and coach. And I really appreciate the vast amount of knowledge and information that he shares in this episode. Folks, normally, you know, he charges people for coaching like this. So take advantage of this free information here. We're going to leave contact information for Jan and all of the resources that he talks about in this episode in the show notes as well. So make sure to check them out. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Jan. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to Passion and Profits Without Burnout. I hope that you found some impactful takeaways. And if you did, I'd love to hear from you. Share a screenshot on your IG story, tag me, or send me a quick message. This show is for you, so any feedback is welcomed. Hey, and make sure you're also subscribed to the show so you don't miss any of our new episodes. And if you could, take a few minutes to leave me a five-star review. That'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening, and be well.